Welcome to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon. Fishers has had a summer festival just before the 4th of July since 1989. It was then called the Fishers Freedom Festival, run by a local nonprofit organization. In 2018, the city of Fishers took over the event and renamed it Spark Fishers. This is the second year of the Spark Fishers Festival. I spoke with Sarah Sanquist and Stephanie Perry about this event during the afternoon of Thursday, June 13th. I'm at the headquarters for the Park and Recreation Department here in the city of Fishers off Brook School Road, right next to the fire station there at 116th Street. And we're here to talk about the Spark Fishers Festival. It's the second annual festival, summer festival here in Fishers. And with me, Stephanie Perry, who's Assistant Director of Public Relations for the City of Fishers, and Sarah Sanquist, who is the Park and Recreation Department Director. So, ladies, always good to speak with you. Good to see you, Larry. Thanks for having us today. And, Stephanie, this is your debut. You have not been on. Uh, You and your boss, uh, the director, have have now, just in the last few days, uh, appeared on podcasts uh, where you had not before arranged a number of them for me. Yeah, we are usually behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. It's fun to be behind the mic this time. So this time you get to get your voice on. And we're here to talk about Spark Fishers. This is the second Spark Fishers Festival. Just so, you know, a lot of people moved, moved to Fishers recently. So since 1989, there was the Freedom Festival until a couple of years ago. Now it's a mostly city-run event, Spark Fishers, which is the same time of year as that old festival had been. This one is centered in the downtown area, and uh, um, the other had been centered at Holland Park. But uh, there's a lot to talk about. From And I I guess I want to ask the first, first question for each of you. Uh, we're going to get into the the, the details and, and more of the nuts and bolts of it. But I'll ask Sarah first. Do you think you learned anything from last year's festival that you can bring into this one? Absolutely. And I think with any event, uh, the first thing you do on site and then afterwards is reflect on what went well, what you can change. So last year was a full year of learning and planning an event from scratch, basically, uh, starting later, a little later than we wanted to with planning. So we were really excited this year to get going in November. And, uh, actually we recapped the event last year's event and then really just kind of kept rolling into 2019, but really kind of kicked it off in November and have been planning ever since you mentioned it's mostly staff run. It is, uh, there is a pretty, um, big staff commitment, but we're really excited that this festival is also uh, has a team of 100 committee members from the community that are part of the planning process. Let me ask Stephanie about that, because uh, when this started last year, one of the uh, points that were brought up to me quite often is the fact that you had 100 people, all a diverse Mm -hmm. group of people trying to plan this event. That was leading up to the first festival. So have you continued with that large group or tell me about that? We have. We have a lot of people who came back, uh, had a great experience last year, but we did recruit new people this year. So it's people, like Sarah said, from all over the uh, community. Some are just residents who maybe aren't tied to a local organization. And then a lot of local organizations, too, like the YMCA or the Geist Half who are helping with our 5K. 
And that's coming up again this year. We'll talk more about that yep. in a moment. Now, the, the uh, dates for this will be uh, Friday, June 28th, and Saturday, June 29th. I know somebody had the, has their phone on. This happens, you know. Uh, the, uh, it's, even though those are the two dates, uh, Friday there's a concert, and Saturday is the, is the, is the bulk of the event. There's also an event on the 27th, yep. uh, so it, it doesn't technically start at that time, but uh, there is an event on, on, uh, on, uh, on, the, on the Thursday before, so tell me about that, Stephanie. Yeah, so that is our concert from the U.S. Army Field Band, the Jazz Ambassadors, which we're really excited to have. Uh, they only perform, uh, they don't perform in the same area close together, so it's really one of the only areas you can see them here locally. And we're calling that kind of a preview to the festivities. So that's a free concert in the AMP, 7 o'clock on Thursday night. And it's just going to be really exciting to have them here, I think. Yeah, you think of a military band. You think of John Philip Sousa and Discipline, but this is a military jazz Jazz band. band. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting concept. Yes. So I would imagine that we will hear some of those patriotic favorites as well as uh, they have originally uh, composed music and then... um, Jazz, and that's uh, Thursday, June twenty seventh. Uh, no tickets, no admission. That's just right Correct. at the amphitheater here at the uh, Nickel Plate District downtown Fishers. Well, then on the twenty ninth, that's Friday. You have a twenty eighth. Twenty. Okay, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Sorry. You know, this is what happens when you, when you get older. You, you lose your eyesight first. But uh, Vertical Horizon and Tonic will be the Friday night concert. You yep. got me right on the date, so it is. Uh, so it is what it is. So my question to you on that is, tell me about how that whole concert came about. I'm going to ask Sarah to go sure. there. Sure. Uh, well, you know, last year as part of Spark Fishers, we had a national show. It was uh, Sugar Ray. And uh, we, in booking these bands, we wanted to really have a party band, somebody recognizable. Uh, it's a national show, so um, it's a bigger it's a bigger act. The concert is free, uh, but it does require a ticket. And so there have been a bunch of ticket stops already, and there are, um, a, there are also a bunch left. So the we have a radio partner with our concert. Uh, it is 107.9 The Mix. And uh, they have partnered up with a couple businesses. So we have ticket stops at Ale Emporium, uh, at the Parks and Rec office, at Hamilton um, County Humane Society, Sun King Brewing, Fisher's YMCA, Four Day Ray Brewing, Mashcraft, uh, and then also at the Amphitheater on uh, Friday, June 21st during our Fox 59 live broadcast. Uh, so, and all of those, I just rambled off a lot of locations, but those are all available uh, at sparkfishers.com. Uh, with the specific dates and times. Okay, so you uh, basically are, are, I guess I have to ask this question. I get this question. I'll ask Stephanie to answer this one. Uh, Even though it's a free concert, why do you need to have tickets? Explain why that's necessary. Yeah, well, I have to say, these tickets are a hot commodity right now. (laughs) We have 6,000 of them, and every time we take them to an event, we just get rushed uh, with people. So um, we have about 3,000 here at the city, and the radio station has three, but I think... One, I mean, crowd control and making sure that everyone fits in the amps safely um, because we know it's such a big act that's going to attract a lot of people. But I think the ticket stops are a great way to engage with our residents, you know, get them to other events. And then all the partners that Sarah mentioned, um, Mashcraft, the YMCA, you know, it's great to engage our community partners to give them tickets so that they can 
bring people into their businesses as well. Um, but, you know, there's only so many people that can fit in the amphitheater. So mm-hmm. so it's more crowd control, the reason why. And you can certainly find a ticket if you want one. Just get it as soon as you can. Oh, yeah. So when they're right. out, when, you when run they're out, out, they're out. They're out. That's it. You can't take yep. it. We also are doing giveaways on our social media. So if you follow Spark Fishers on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, we've already been giving away tickets there as well. Um, and that's a great way for people who maybe aren't local uh, to get them. Now, Spark Fishers has uh, an exclamation point in the middle. Do you have to f- use that to find it on social media? That's a great question. No. Okay. Just <laughs> Spark Fishers is all Just you need. Just Spark okay. Fishers, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, you mentioned the 5K, and Sarah, that's back. It was uh, you had it was very successful last year. Tell me about the plans for this year. Absolutely. Uh, so we'll be back at 8 a.m. on Saturday, uh, June 29th. Registration's currently open. We will also take on-site registration, but we encourage people to register early. It's cheaper to do that a little bit, um, as well as we just want you to... Uh, commit and get get involved there with the 5k so the course is very similar to last year Um, it'll start in the municipal circle run through holland and then uh, finish out um, on lantern and back into the municipal circle and uh, we have a special registration available for veterans we'd like to recognize any veterans and um, active duty military that are participating in the race so they will get a special bib um, we also have a um, half K fun run for kids. Uh, there is registration required for that, but it um, will take place at 7:30 in the morning, and um, the kids that participate in that will get a medal. Um, we have great shirts, great medals, music. Do you think the crowd will be about the same as last year? Do you hope for more, or do what? Are, what are your projections right now? Honestly, I think we were pleasantly surprised with the uh, total of runners and walkers that we had last year. Um, it was a little bit more than I think we expected for a first year 5k. Uh, so we, we definitely look to exceed that. And okay. yeah, and I think the YMCA and guys have are great partners on that. They obviously are very plugged into the running community. Absolutely. So they've been uh, working with all their partners to get the word out. And it's a good mix of people who are serious runners and then just families or, uh, novice runners or walkers who want to participate. I'm definitely I'm walker. Slow walker is my. Unfortunately, that's my speed. Uh, I used to be able to run in the in my younger days. Now you you've added something this year. It's called a car and bike show. Tell me what that's all about. Whoever wants to jump in, I can jump right. jump in and talk about that. So on June 22nd, which is a Saturday, it's the Saturday prior to Spark Fishers. We are having a uh, car and bike show in conjunction with the Fishers Farmers Market. So it will be um, at the municipal complex uh, in one of our parking lots and then a little bit out onto the street. Um, And there's no uh, prior registration. So if you have a classic car or bike or something that you'd like to show off, you can uh, come and register day of. It is limited spots for vehicles, um, so I would encourage people to come early. The hours of the car show are 8 to 12, and it's free. And um, at the show, sorry, at the car show, we would like people to vote on their there's a couple of different categories uh, available for awards, and the cars that are awarded will then um, be, have the opportunity to participate in our parade. 
Oh, they'll be in the parade mm-hmm. as well. Oh, okay. Very nice. So this is new the week before yes. the Spark Fishers Festival itself. We intend for this to become an annual event and for it to grow. We're starting off a little bit small. So as I said, um, you know, limited space for cars. So if you're interested, I would come early to uh, get registered on site. Uh, but we would love to build this and, and grow and have a bigger space uh, next year. And Well, you know, uh, Stephanie, Sarah talked about, about the veteran uh, emphasis, and uh, you have several uh, veterans-centered events that you've uh, interwoven into the whole program. So mm-hmm. tell us about that. Yeah, one of our new features this year is Veterans Hall in the City Hall Auditorium. We're really excited Uh, We've been working, I think, in the last year to really kind of amp up our patriotic programming uh, and really build our relationship with our local veterans and active duty military. So uh, City Hall Auditorium is open to all and we'll celebrate local veterans. We'll have a film playing there with interviews with local military members um, and veterans. And then they're invited to exhibit memorabilia, photographs. Um, come, you know, talk to one another and then talk to the public. So anyone can go in there, cool off. Hopefully it's not too hot of a day. Um, but, you know, and just really celebrate uh, our local heroes. Yeah, one thing you cannot control is the weather. And last year uh, it didn't rain, but the but the heat was almost oppressive in the middle of the afternoon. It did cool off later. I think the parade worked out well. It cooled off enough for that. Uh, but, but Sarah, what are the plans? If you have weather problems, uh, is Sunday a rain date? Or how is that going to work if you do have some issues with weather? Good Ho- question. Hopefully not. So uh, we have added some features uh, if it's going to be warm out. Uh, we will have misting stations throughout the event. We also have, as Stephanie mentioned, Veterans Hall and City Hall will be open with air conditioning. Um, so we encourage people to... Uh, come in there and and cool off. Um, additionally, we'll have some dining tents this year, and uh, those will have some fans in them, um, give some shade, a place to sit down and eat, also have some air circulation. Uh, you know, we're hoping for a beautiful 75-degree day with a little bit of breeze, but um, we'll take what we can get. If the weather doesn't cooperate with us and uh, we do end up having inclement weather that would make it unsafe for people to be outside, um, we do plan to have activities on Sunday. Uh, so the 5K is scheduled to go on on Saturday, rain or shine. Um, but if we need to adjust other activities, we will move them to Sunday and have programming from 3 p.m. to 10 p.m. Okay. So that would include the parade. It would include all of our activations uh, on the Central Green and North Street and the fireworks. So, Stephanie, I understand uh, you've got entertainment Thursday night. you get entertainment uh, Friday night. But you're going to have entertainment stages at the uh, festival itself on Saturday. Tell me about that. Yeah. So one of our new features is a third entertainment stage. So last year, our amphitheater was still getting the finishing touches on it during Spark, but now it is um, up and going. So the amphitheater will be our main stage. Uh, It will start with the farmer's market in the morning and go throughout the day. Uh, and then we have a stage on Central Green again in front of City Hall. The stage will be a lot of community acts, maybe school groups, dance troops, um, things like that. You can bring your you know picnic blankets, sit out and enjoy. 
And then on North Street, uh, that festival opens at 3 p.m. We'll have a stage there as well. Um, so all of that information with all those band lineups are on sparkfishers.com. But yeah, music the whole day. Very good. Uh, so you can walk around and hear different t- types of music. Can you give me an idea about the very, varied types of music you're uh, going to be putting on there? Yeah, definitely. So on our main stage, um, we have the Innocent Band, Cook and Bell, uh, Andrew Young Band, and Michael Beck and Tim Brickley during the Farmer's Market. And the star stage, which is our um, community stage, like I said, is just a ton of different cultural school, local groups. But then our North Street stage, which opens at three, uh, we have people like Jay Baker, Toy Factory, Zach Day. So it's going to be, you know, a diverse, I guess, assortment of music, something for everyone, I think. Okay. And different parts, you've got them on different ends of the, the three different ends of the. Yeah. So no festival. matter where you are, you should be hearing music. We also actually have a stage in our uh, teen zone, which we call the Hangout. Uh, and that is all local uh, teen entertainment. Uh, and that was popular last year, so they'll have their own lineup as well. And one thing is, you know, Sarah, you always have to find a place to park. You've got parking garages all around, but I understand you will have some shuttle buses if the need be. We will, and we would recommend that uh, everyone uses the free shuttles as their um, entry into the festival. It's free, they're air-conditioned, It's uh, there will be in secure parking at Forum uh, Conference Center and First Internet Bank. And, um, you know, much easier than circling around the municipal campus because most of the parking garages will be inaccessible uh, on Saturday because we have uh, a lot of road closures. And um, so... Save yourself the time and head to Forum Conference Center or First Internet Bank and jump on the shuttle. The shuttles will be running from 6.30 a.m. Uh, till midnight. So there's plenty of time to come early, especially if you're doing the 5K. That's a good option uh, to take the shuttle. And, um, yeah, I, I would highly recommend that. Um, you mentioned First Internet Bank. That's your title sponsor for the festival. I, Sarah, if I can stay with you for a moment, sure. tell me about that. Because I remember talking to Tony Elliott a year ago when he was running Park and Rec and you were the assistant. And I asked him about getting sponsorship. He said, well, it's never easy, but it, you, you still find plenty of businesses willing to be a part of it. Now that this is the second year, have you found businesses a little more open to being sponsored in various sponsorships you have available? Well, we are thrilled to be partnering with First Internet Bank as our title sponsor this year. Uh, They've been great to work with. Um, they've had really great ideas on activation as well, too, uh, for the festival. I think to your question about whether or not it gets easier, we've had a lot of repeat sponsors this year, um, which is great to see. And then we've also had interest from a lot of newer sponsors um, that uh, either you know, we reached out to last year and they said, mm, let me see how year one goes and then I'll decide, or just, hey, I heard last year was great. How do we get involved? Um, so, you know, I, I think when you're, um, talking about sponsorship, it's all about a relationship and, um, building those relationships takes a little bit of time, but we are thrilled with who we've, who we we're working with this year and committed to, um, being sponsors and, you know, it would encourage any business or a local group if they 
are still interested, we can find a spot that mm-hmm. works for both of them, for both us and them as well. Well, you know, Stephanie, no festival in the summer would be complete without a parade. Mm-hmm. And there's been a parade with uh, tied to the Summer Festival in Fisher since 1989. So it's mm-hmm. been that concept's been around for a long time. Uh, will we see much the same kind of parade, or will we see anything different this year? The parade route is pretty similar, but it's a little bit slightly uh, adjusted. It will kind of start on Lantern Road um, near kind of Technology Way Commercial Drive area and then um, go out on 116th. Um, But it's community groups again. Uh, You know, we'll have floats, walkers, uh, bands, and I would say very similar uh, look and feel this year. Um, the parade route is available online again at sparkfishers.com if you want to see exactly um, where we're going to be. Anything you want to add to that, Sarah? No? You're thinking very hard. We have a lot of people participating in the parade, uh, as Stephanie mentioned, of a big variety. And, um, you know, we have a lot of spectators too. So it's, it's just a really fun time of day. Once the fireworks are done and uh, things uh, darkness begins to uh, come over Fisher's the fireworks display and that's always been a favorite of a lot of the people here and it's it's been a very nice fireworks display talk about what goes into planning for that well uh mad bomber fireworks is going to uh, take care of the fireworks for us this year they are firing from holland park uh, and so we would encourage people to actually view the fireworks from the municipal complex. Yeah, just so people know, if if, oh, if you want to go close to where the fireworks are being set off, that's not the best place to watch it. No, correct. <laughs> correct. And the fall zone actually encompasses most of Holland Park. Okay. And so stay, stay at, at the um, municipal complex to view them. There's great viewing areas there. Um, but Marty Miller is uh, the one who coordinates the show, and he puts so much thought into the show he coordinates music with it it's really fun to to um if you pay attention he had mentioned something last year that there was a mention of a heart in the song that he had selected and at that moment a heart firework shot up um so really small details that uh he pays attention to and makes it a unique firework show Uh, and we're really excited to be working with him again Anything else? No, I was just going to say, I think for Holland Park residents, um, although you can't really go into the park, you know, if you do want to sit out on your lawn, um, we want to make that a good experience for them as well. You'll be able to hear them, even if you can't see them. You certainly (laughs) will. Yes. So we're we're doing some outreach to our residents right now um, so that they're ready for that. It's around 10 o'clock. Is that when they normally start? (laughs) It's about a half an hour show, would you say? Yeah. 10 to 1030. Okay. Now, one thing you mentioned that uh, you, st- you had 100 people last year planning, you have 100 people planning this year, but you even have more people who are volunteering for this. Talk about the need for volunteers, what kind of volunteers you could still use coming up uh, toward the festival. Absolutely. Uh, this festival would not be possible without the uh, large quantity of volunteers and volunteer hours that go into it. Last year we logged about 1,200 hours uh, alone on Saturday. So it's a huge undertaking, and we are so grateful for the volunteers that we have. However, we are still recruiting, and we would love to have more, especially from about 4 p.m. till the end of the night. So we are looking for individuals. We are looking for groups. 
Uh, a big need would be after the fireworks, kind of the uh, last shift of the evening cleaning up, which is you know probably less than desirable, but it has to happen, and we would love for uh, a, a group to step up to help us with that. Well, the more people you have cleaning up, the less work for each one, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Many hands. Well, I have tried to cover the well the main points I'm aware of in, in the festival. I'm going to give each of you one more chance to just uh, fill in any of the blanks you want to talk about, things I didn't think to mention. I'll let Stephanie start. Yeah, I think just a few of the new features um, that we didn't get to mention that we're excited about. This year, we have an artisan market in tandem with the farmer's market. Uh, last year, we had a smaller kind of art space in front of City Hall. Explain what, so for people who don't know yeah. what an artisan market yeah. means. Yeah, so we'll have local artist makers. Um, so anyone selling anything from maybe an artwork to um, woodworking uh, to pottery. And so that will be um, in a tent back by the farmer's market from eight to noon. And that's a larger addition um, from last year. We also have the art gallery at City Hall open that the Fishers Arts Council puts on. Um, so kind of more, I think, in the art realm. You know, we are a statewide cultural district now. So we want to make sure that we are doing as much as we can there. Another new feature that we're really excited about is expanding our sensory friendly and accessible components for the festival. So again, we'll have a sensory friendly space. This year it's actually in the middle of the festival in our pavilion between City Hall and the amphitheater as opposed to more removed from the festival. And we'll also have sensory bags, weighted lap pads available for checkout. Um, and a, another new feature is the police station will be a accessibility and sensory check-in area. So if you're showing up um, and you just want to talk through, you have questions or specific needs, maybe you have a child who has a tendency to wander, you can check in with a police officer, um, you know, get comfortable, meet them, get a description before you begin your festival experience. So we're really working hard on those aspects. Sarah, anything you'd like to add? Uh, well, you know, we've talked about a lot going on in the festival, but I'll just add some, uh, you know, some of the features that we haven't talked about, but that were there last year and we are excited about this year. So we have over 100 vendors uh, that will be spread out throughout the uh, complex, food and beverage and uh, different businesses, nonprofits, um, uh, groups that are demonstrating things. We also have our Kids Zone area that will have some... Uh, Activities open on Friday night at the concert is then and then as well all day on Saturday. So a variety of inflatables and um, other kids activities uh, specifically planned. Um, and additionally, we have um, just so much going on. The teen <laughs> the, zone. The I teen mean, zone. Literally oh, I'm sorry. For I everyone was going to mention the um, the mothers uh, area at Citizen State Bank. So we do have a um, area for mothers and young children uh, to go, and um, if they're if mothers want to go somewhere um, private to pump or to nurse their children, mm -hmm. um, changing tables. Those are at Citizen State Bank. Well, you know, here's the thing that always intrigues me. You've got this huge festival. Um, you know, right before the 4th of July, last weekend in June. And just a few days later, you have the blast on the bridge, which is a huge fireworks display at Geist uh, Lake. Yes. Is that going to be much the same as last year? Or, uh... It will actually be quite different this okay, year, so I'm glad that. to talk about it. Uh, so on 4th of July, we shut down the Fall Creek Bridge right uh, next to the Geist Marina and then on the other side of... Um, 
the yacht club and the event this year, it'll be from 5 PM to 10 PM. We would encourage uh, families to come to the bridge and uh, participate. We'll have tons of kids events, um, inflatables, face painters, uh, um, balloon artists, a DJ, food vendors. What we won't have this year is alcohol. So what to ask about that. Okay. Uh, so you will not be allowed to bring your own alcohol, and we will also not be selling alcohol on the bridge. This is an alcohol-free event. Well, one thing I noticed about the blast on the bridge, and it's had several different uh, focuses. I can remember when you had the alcohol on, on the bridge, and, it, and really there weren't that many issues, but I think the potential was always there that somebody might get out of hand if the alcohol got out of hand. So uh, what I'm hearing is it's much more a family-friendly event along the bridge. The other part of it is that uh, will you be opening up the bridge for people to come in at 5 o'clock? And the reason I ask that question is people immediately line up to get their positions to see the fireworks, like at 5 o'clock, even though it's, what, five hours away. Correct. So we will start staging stuff with uh, partial road closures at 3 p.m. And then we'll do a full road closure at 5 p.m. And it will only be open to pedestrians uh, after that time. So you can bring your lawn chairs and whatever at uh, your setup at 5 o'clock and uh, on the bridge to what, so you can set up your viewing uh, space uh, for the fireworks. Correct. Okay. Leave your pets at home, please. Okay. And uh, parking is available at Holy Spirit Church. That's a huge That's parking lot. A huge parking yeah. lot, just a short walk away. And uh, again, we're really excited about uh, that event as well. It's a whole uh, extended week. I was going to say, partying. Yeah, yeah, once you once you've got one festival, you got another. But that is a that's an evening event. Well, most of the afternoon into the, into the evening. It's not like a two day, a three day event, but it's still it draws a huge crowd in the Geist yes, area. It's, correct. It's, it's a big event every year. Is the Geist Coalition still involved? Yes, they are. Yep. So they're we're, also so we're partnering the city. with them on the event. Uh huh. Okay. Any one last uh, comment from anybody before we uh, wrap this up? No, I think you covered everything. Well, yeah. Thank Thanks you so much. Us. Good luck for with the uh, second Spark Fishers Festival and then the Blast on the Bridge shortly thereafter. It was great to have you. Thank, Thank you. you. My thanks to Sarah Sandquist and Stephanie Perry for joining me and providing a preview of the Spark Fishers Festival. This is the Larry in Fishers podcast. My name is Larry Lannon. I write the LarryInFishers.com local news blog from Fishers, Indiana, a suburban community northeast of Indianapolis. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.